0: hello 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 and welcome to this topical life today we've got the most amazing gina perkins here with us today and
1: generous it's true (laughs)
0: gina come on
1: so can we start every morning with that intro that would be great thank you
0: (laughs) yeah i need someone to wake me up like that right Right. (laughs) um so gina and i connect how did we connect really like I knew you from afar, but we really, I think I reached out to you maybe, I don't know, but because uh, because Gina and her daughter have written a book, Katie Not Afraidy, which yeah. has been in the process and we can talk more all about that, but we really got to know each other um, beginning of COVID and she came on here and we talked about anxiety and her and I are very similar in um, coping with anxiety and we do have a few differences that we talked about in the past, but Mostly that there is a, a kindred way of like relating in that area in that department, and so through that, um, at one point, gosh, I don't know when it was in COVID, but then I saw that her daughter um, got was diagnosed with type one diabetes, and yeah. so I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, because I was like, I know what she you know, struggles with and then add that to the mix. I was like, oh wow. Okay. There's yeah. gonna be a story there. <laughs> and and I'm gonna want to have coffee with her and talk. <laughs> so here we are. And yeah, lucky I for you guys, it. you're part of it too. Yay. Yay. So um let's just start where we left off where okay. we got through well, I mean we basically talked in 2020. Oh my gosh.
1: It's like centuries ago. Right.
0: Yeah. So when in this process did you find out, I mean, we, you were, was it homeschooling at that point? Yeah. We, how was the start of all of it? Like, let's start from the beginning with her and you and you're in COVID.
1: Yeah. We're in COVID. I don't know if you remember from the first time we talked about anxiety, I think, I mentioned because it's it's probably a big part of my anxiety story that medical stuff mm-hmm. is a huge trigger for me. So I'm I wouldn't say I'm a hypochondriac, but when my anxiety kicks into gear, I go into like this hypervigilance of like, do I feel okay? Is everything okay? What's going on in my body? Like my anxiety takes me to this place of, um, I have some sort of terminal illness that nobody has discovered yet. And I just go off the tracks. So anything medical related is a massive trigger for me. So the way the story goes, (laughs) we'll we'll start with, um, you know, being in COVID, I think stirred up anxiety in a lot of people, those who didn't even, weren't ever even familiar with it, suddenly were having anxiety. Um, And my daughter, who had um, anxiety long before COVID, we started noticing that it seemed like it was getting worse. So, she was having a lot of trouble sleeping she um would would wake us up and be like i just i feel like my i feel like my heart is racing i feel like my body's vibrating i don't understand what's going on i don't you know i i i don't think i'm anxious but maybe subconsciously i'm anxious and so it was just really interfering with her quality of life and so i had reached out with to her pediatrician and just said like i think I think we need to start talking about medication. This seems to really be interrupting her. And so her pediatrician was like, Great, let's before we start any medication, um, I like to just have a baseline lab work done. And we're like, perfect. Love, love that, love that. Right. And so my birthday was December eighth. This was all last year. So December eighth, December ninth, she went in for blood work. And December 10th, um, and because we were homeschooling, I wasn't answering my phone during the day or anything. And I checked my messages later that afternoon, and her pediatrician's nurse had left me two messages. And I was like, "Okay, here we go. My anxiety is fired up. There's clearly a medical issue happening. Mm-hmm. The doctor's office never calls you back after lab work. They, they, you know, will send you an email that says everything looked great. Yeah, like it's two months morning. later." Yeah, exactly. So, for less than 24 hours later, her nurse is trying to call me two different Mm -hmm. times. I'm freaking out. And so I called my best friend. Well, I called the nurse back, of course, got their voicemail, called my best friends. I'm like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And they're trying to talk me off a ledge because they know how my anxiety works. So they're like, I'm sure everything is okay. You guys were, were, you know, going to be queued up for medication. She's probably just letting you know, medication is a go. I'm like, Nope, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So the, the doctor's office called me back and said, oh, yep, the pediatrician would like to speak with you. Um, she has an opening, I don't know, three o'clock. Um, can you do a Zoom call? Like, uh, yeah. Can you give me any information? Nope, nope, nope. She just wants to go over the lab with you. So I hang up and I'm probably like an hour away from the Zoom call. And about 10 minutes later, I see the doctor off, doctor's office is calling me back again. My like, God. Here we go. And at this point, I'm actually in the bathtub because I'm trying to zen myself out. I am trying to come down from this heightened state of anxiety. So I answer the phone. I'm in the bath. And um, and I our pediatrician is lovely. And I, I love her. I love her, love her. She's like, hi, I really hate to give this sort of news over the phone. And I'm like, oh is this my the doctor? God. Wait, this is yeah. the doctor? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Really hate to give this information over the phone, but there were some abnormalities in DJ's lab, and I'm like, "Aha, uh-huh. okay." I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Yeah. She says her glucose levels were really elevated, and none of this is computing. I'm not understanding what she's trying to tell me, and you know, please forgive me for any lack of sensitivity in any of the listeners, but I said. Does, does she have cancer? Are you telling me she has cancer? And she's like, no, 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 no. Just her glucose levels are elevated. And I'm like, okay, what is that indicating? What are you telling me? Right. Yeah. Like, and, uh, pause, pause, pause. Yeah. And she just said, oh, I, um, we're, I, I, I believe we're looking at diabetes and I'm like, okay. I didn't know a single thing about diabetes I didn't even at that point understand that there was a type one and a type two and types even beyond one and two. Um, And I'm like, okay, so what does this mean? And she said, this means (laughs) that you're going to need to go to the emergency room at Dornbecker, And I would pack a bag. You're probably going to be there for a couple of days and um, they're waiting for you. And I was like, okay, wait, wha- what? Wow. They're waiting? What are you? And she said, we- I've already called. I've, um, you know, I've been in communication with the endocrinologist there. They agree that, that you need to come right in. And so um, the next few minutes were a huge blur. It was me getting out of the bathtub, dripping wet. It was... Figuring out how am I going to tell my daughter this in a way that doesn't send her anxiety through the roof. I've got to tell my other daughter that mom and big sister are leaving the house for a few days. I've got to tell my husband who's on a call downstairs because he's also working from home through COVID. And the second I see my daughter, the one who had who had just been diagnosed, (laughs) um, I just was, I I don't know. I, I, I think I was ghost white and I was trying to be calm, but so visibly not. And I just said, honey, we have to go to the emergency room. Yeah. <laughs> um, they think you have diabetes. I don't really even understand what all of that means, but we have to pack a bag. We're going to be there for a couple of days. And my younger daughter catches wind of that. She starts freaking out. And I'm trying to stay calm and I'm not really understanding like how urgent this is. I mean, the pediatrician said, they're waiting for you. So at this point I'm thinking like, are we at risk of some severe something happening if I don't get there like now? Um, It was storming so hard outside and I just remember going downstairs, my husband was on a call and I slipped him a note that just said, have to go to the emergency. They think DJ has diabetes. And I'm like watching his face read this. He's like, "Uh, hey guys, I have a family emergency right this minute and I have to go. So he hangs up and I, I just, it was like chaos. It was just chaos for like 15 minutes of like packing bag, Asking each other questions, nobody having any answers, us being super fearful but being like, you know, z- like zeroed in on end goal, get to emergency room,
0: and so. And how old? Just if you mind me, just like for yeah. the listeners, how old is DJ? And, um, I forgot the other. Zoe. Zoe, yeah, that's right. How old are how is how old at the time DJ and Yeah, so
1: DJ was eleven at the time, Zoe was nine.
0: Okay. So that's where you're at and you're packing up, you're going, everything's chaos, and then what?
1: And then we drive to Dornbecker um in this pouring like my windshield wipers were on it's crazy all the details you remember like windshield wipers on full blast I'm crying she's mm-hmm. crying I can't see the road we're driving to Dornbecker um I think we. it was probably like three-ish in the afternoon um and then I don't know what happened we got to Dornbecker and I think both DJ and I went into like this crazy survival mode and this calm and peace washed over us. And it was like, it was such a contrast to, you know, the 30 minutes prior to walking in the emergency room. Um, and we just sort of settled in and we were in the ER for several hours before we were admitted. Um, but they did a bunch of tests on DJ and um, the staff was just incredible, but they came in and they just said, okay, mom, we are looking at diabetes. Right now we're trying to figure out if we're looking at type one or type two. And at that point, I still didn't know the difference. Um, and, And then we were finally in the ER they concluded that it was type one diabetes. And so they needed to admit us for a few days. Um, And really the few days admission was mostly to ensure that we were comfortable in honestly what we needed to do to keep DJ alive once we got home. And that's the truth of it. I didn't realize the gravity of that while we were at the hospital. Um, and I think, honestly, I cannot say enough about the Dornbecker staff because they never once let us believe anything other than she's going to be okay. She's gonna be okay. She's gonna live a long, happy, healthy life. She can do anything she wanted to do before her diagnosis. Only thing I guess she can't she can't join the she can't join the army. I guess they don't let T1Ds uh, yeah. join the army, which makes sense. Um, but they just never. They were so positive. It was forty eight hours of just being held by their staff. Um, we were you know, my, my husband came in we met with so many educators every day. Um, DJ was a trooper. She was injecting her own insulin within 12 hours of diagnosis. Um, and so I just made the choice while we were in the hospital to not allow my anxiety to dictate next steps. So Anxiety wanted to Google all the things and know all the things and understand why this was such a huge, really scary disease. Um, but I just consciously decided that I would only believe the medical stuff. I would only believe that she was going to be happy and healthy and fine.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: um, and so we left two days later with more knowledge (laughs) um, and just survival skills really um, than I had ever anticipated and, and a new journey. I mean, life has changed. Right. I'm sure it has. Yeah. So um, that was, that was her diagnosis story. And it was so funny, you know, as we were in the hospital, just watching her, like it just, it didn't scare her. It didn't, she was like, okay, okay, we're going to, this is what it is. We're going to do this. And I remember she wanted to call her fifth grade teacher. She wanted to let him know. She wanted to let her fourth grade teacher know. She wanted to let grandparents know. She wanted to let different friends know. And it's like, okay, it was really beautiful. I think to watch my 11 year old daughter, go through the motions of accepting really big news and processing mm-hmm. and just kind of took it at her pace and like, okay, yeah, sure. You want to let them know, you want to let them know. And, um, and that was really challenging because people wanted to know what it meant. And we just didn't really understand the breadth of it then, which I think was good. We were so blissfully unaware yeah. <laughs> of how life would change. So that's how it started. (laughs) Right. And so that was, I mean, you're
0: like 16 months into this now.
1: We are. And, and I, and I also, I think it's important to point out because people always want to know what were the signs, what were the signs. Mm -hmm. And honestly, DJ didn't have any of the typical signs. So the, the, the telltale signs are frequent urination, um, unquenchable thirst, um, Weight loss, those are like the three standard. We didn't have any of that. When we look back now and that feeling that she was explaining at night when she couldn't sleep, a feeling like her heart was pounding and her body was was vibrating, mm-hmm. we are now understanding that that was her very high blood sugar, her mm-hmm. very high blood sugar. Because now when her pump fails or we you know, miscalculate her her carbs during a meal and her blood sugar goes really high, she feels that vibration in her body. So in a lot of ways, anxiety really saved her because what we assumed was an evolution of her anxiety was really her feeling her fluctuating blood sugar levels.
0: Right. And you had done such a good job. I mean, through the years of helping her recognize her anxiety, you know, like walking through that and having the tools and her being able to express that. I mean, imagine if she was like, couldn't express like, Mm -hmm. you know, like just tell herself to just deal with it or God knows what, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. She was super attuned to her physical and emotional feelings and all of that. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that that's, that's what caught it. And We're so fortunate. I think most people's T1D diagnosis stories are are so traumatic because a lot of a lot of people don't know that they have type 1 diabetes until they're in what's called DKA or diabetic ketoacidosis, which is when your body, your blood sugar gets so high, um, you know, your your I won't get into all of the details about it, but you know, your, your, your body's not producing the insulin to bring your blood sugar levels back down to a normal range. Um, people get really, really sick comas. I mean, at worst death you can die. Yeah. you know. And so we just, I'm so thankful that we had such a gentle mm-hmm. <laughs> diagnosis story. Like we, we've seen some stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really wanted to swear there because that's how it feels. Right. We've seen some stuff, but we haven't, we haven't seen really the destruction that it can cause. So we're, we're just so thankful. And I don't think we ever will now because we're on top of it, you know? Right. right. So.
0: so did, uh. so type one, is that's, is that's not genetic or is
1: it? So it can be, we don't have type one in our family. Um, it's really what, what they're learning about it. It's an autoimmune response. So mm. what they're figuring out is that at some point, right, people who have T one D have had some sort of virus um, and their body's immune response to that um, ends up being, you know, like any autoimmune disease, destructive to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so um, at some point, DJ probably had some sort of virus and um, had an adverse reaction and um, her immune system began attacking itself. And what is literally happening is that your body, (laughs) there are cells that are killing your own pancreas. And so... T1D has nothing to do with diet or exercise or any of that. Um, it's literally that DJ's pancreas has become inoperable. It just stopped doing its job, which is to produce insulin, Um And at first her diagnosis, it's been really interesting. They call it the honeymoon phase. So when she was first diagnosed, her pancreas was still releasing some insulin here and there. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of more difficult than where we are now to manage because her insulin needs were changing all the time because her body would just sporadically like release insulin. And we're like, ah, what happened? Like we didn't account for that happening. And, um, and then over the course of, I mean, it was several months. Her pancreas finally just kaput, stopped working altogether. Um, and in some ways, it's been a little bit easier because now we're just fully reliant um, on insulin, and there's no sort of spikes or unpredictable releases, you know, here or there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we are. Um, doing the job of an organ (laughs) in her body. We are full-time doing the work that, you know, our bodies are designed to do without us even thinking about it.
0: Well, I mean, it's just interesting that the thing that you're, I mean, talking about you through this process, uh, the thing that you're most scared of or trigger wise you know, with the anxiety thing and then that to be your daughter and then it to be a health thing. Yeah, I mean, I know that's been, a, I mean, can you get into detail about that? Like how that's been for you? Like, and okay. And I'm just going to say, I think it's ironic that like, I, you know, pointing out that you were in the bathtub, but naked, <laughs> like <laughs> talk about being stripped down to like, yes. Your, Right? Yes. Like yes. I just yeah. don't think that's a mistake. No. Like we are So can you get into detail about that? Not yeah. the naked part, but just you know.
1: Yeah. You don't want to know the details about that. <laughs> um It's crazy. I've thought a lot about this. Um I've thought a lot about this and mm. I you and I have had offline conversations sort of about the evolution and in my own faith. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have a, I have a deep faith in God, but it has changed a lot over the years. And, um, for many, many, many years, I believed in a very punitive God and, um, And I always believed that because my anxiety trigger was health related, God was going to give me um, some sort of horrible illness because I had lacked faith or whatever. Like, okay, you're so afraid of this. I'm going to give this to you. And then you can either get over it or you're going to die or whatever. I just always had this like, and so I spent a lot of time not talking about that trigger because I was so afraid I was going to talk it into existence, right? Mm -hmm. Like God's going to show me. Um, and luckily over the years that has softened, um, Mm. a lot. And so when, this happened with my daughter. It didn't feel like a punishment. Um, I don't know something unexplainable happened where it felt ironic, but it didn't feel um it didn't feel like the fate I had always feared. It felt like all right, mm-hmm. here we go, and I think. That I had already gotten through so much of it before I stopped and realized I had gotten through so much of it. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. it
0: was like like you were surprisingly far into acceptance. Yeah, you thought is that yeah,
1: like like I I. I had always assumed in my fears of health related things that anything health related would just completely unravel me mm-hmm. and paralyze me and that I would like throw in the towel and curl up into a ball and you know be like I can't I can't handle it and I feel like it was months into it when I went oh my gosh we we've made it we've done it we've survived this we've been okay this didn't feel like a punishment for anything anyone did or said, or, you know, it just felt like, gosh, I'm really sad that this is her story. Mm -hmm. I'm really sad that she will carry this with her for the rest of her life, but it did not crush us and it will not crush us. And it has been, um, I don't know. It's been such a, such a triumph, I think, over that anxiety story. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what? We, I can handle it. I will be able to handle it. We will be able to get through it. Um, and it's just changed my whole perspective mm-hmm. on all, everything, truly. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a really wild journey. and And it has put things into perspective. you know, It was like not too long ago, I had some terrible virus. I kept testing negative for COVID, but I swear it was COVID. Um, And that typically would have unraveled me because I would have been like, I'm testing, it's negative. What are they not finding? What's not happening? What's this? What's that? And I was just like, okay, here we go one day at a time. Hopefully I'll feel better tomorrow. Um, And so it really has in that sense and a gift that I, would, I wouldn't have wanted, but, right. but it's transformed me and us as a family, I think so.
0: And that like with uh, Zoe, I kind of noticed some pictures that you've had on Instagram. Like, I think more like, so in the beginning that she really, it looked like, or it seemed like you guys did get closer through it. you know just with Zoe being a part of helping her yeah. and, um, as your family, like can you describe yeah. how it's been for your family? Like getting is it how has that been?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, one of the things I realized early on is that I think the T1D siblings can get left behind pretty quickly. Um T1D management, at least for the first year. People kept telling me get through the first year, get through the first year, get through the first year. And we were like inching our way toward the first year. And then honestly, for us, it was like at month 14. So it's been like only, you know, probably two months or so that things have felt like we have returned to some sort of normalcy in our lives. Mm -hmm. But for those first six months, I feel like all eyes, all energy was on DJ's T1D management. Like we, you know, and I'm not to say, you know, when I'm talking about my anxiety and all that, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I, I was fearful every single day. I mean, I didn't sleep for months because I was afraid that her blood sugar would drop in the middle of the night and no one would know. And, you know, um, but I, there was so much focus on her medical management that I just, I, I just have a really, big heart now, I think for T1D siblings. And uh, Mm -hmm. especially in that diagnosis phase of they're just really required, I think, to take a back seat and observe it all and see it all. And you know, she's suddenly watching her big sister who can do no wrong in her eyes, right? She's the strongest, bravest, most amazing, you know, big sister And, and little sister is watching her do insulin inj- injections and prick her finger. And, you know, and Zoe has a huge fear of needles. And so it, it really hurt her heart for a long time. Mm-hmm. She would cry when she would watch DJ do it. And um, and then she got really brave and then she wanted to try, you know, to poke her finger. And so she did that. And, um, and she's just she now like if she bakes something she'll write down the nutrition facts and leave them next to what she's baked so that she you know sister knows how much to dose for a few weeks ago she um we were in the car and she had like some some gummy candy and um she left some in dj's little like door handle yeah that i think that's what i saw Yeah, yeah yeah you posted that right yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, and then she like wrote down the nutrition facts and put them, you know, in so that DJ could, you know, just have her little treat. And um, so she's she's just I think it's she's matured in really crazy ways. She's always been really, really empathetic, mm-hmm. but this is like this is really deepened that that empathy for her, and it can annoy. DJ um you know because DJ's is like she doesn't want to always talk about it or always focus on it um you know but Zoe will be like oh Deej did you you know did you dose for that or did you or or uh, well, she's probably scared too that... she's scared too yeah and yeah. we've we've had her there's um I'm blinking on the name of it right now but there are some tests that you can take. I should look that up while we're talking in case your listeners are interested. Um, but there's tests that you can take, which will reveal, um, uh, pre-diabetic markers. And so, um, we've had Zoe take that test as of right now, she has zero markers. Um, so I thought that meant we were home free, but apparently, um, that can change. So, uh, I'm not sure how often we'll, um, need to repeat that test. But I also feel like we're so hyper attuned now that we would hopefully notice, you know, some changes in Zoe, um, you know, before we ever got to a scary point, but, um, but she's just like, Oh my gosh, mom, I could never have it. I can never have it. There's no way I could do that many shots. There's no way there's no way. And I, I mean, honestly, that's another thing where I'm like, if it had to be one of our children, thank God it was not the one who has the needle phobia, right? Like, right. <laughs> you know, cause you hear stories of l- little kids that are diagnosed, you know, at three years old and their parents are are chasing them around the house and have to hold them down to give them shots. And I can't even really wrap my head around the trauma of what that would feel like for both parent and, and child. So, um, you know, that's another thing that we feel really thankful for is that DJ has been so willing to just take the reins from the start. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. She is, did they say anything about, uh, like, well, it sounds like, uh, like it's not like a hor- like puberty doesn't bring it on or anything like that. It really was probably just a virus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Puberty doesn't bring it on. Puberty does mess with the blood sugars. We are Mm -hmm. um, in the thick of that right now. Mm -hmm. We've been told that the teenage years are probably the most difficult with type one diabetes. I think there's like like an insane amount, I want to say it's like 26 or something, different factors that affect your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So it's not just what you eat. I mean, it's sleep, it's hormones, it's environmental, it's all these things that are completely out of your control, which is another um, very ironic part of this um, disease is that you, I mean, we have such little control. We have such little control. And I mean, really like that's, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's a good reminder of that. It's a, well, If you don't know it now, you will. (laughs) You can escape it. (laughs) Exactly. Before we
1: die. I mean, my God. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So puberty has definitely been um, a challenge. mm -hmm. But, you know, just like anything else that we've learned these past 16 months, here we go. Here mm -hmm. we go. Buckle up. Here we go. So, um, you know, go ahead. I was just
0: going to say, you have the amazing ability to meet yourself where you're at and the people around you too, which is a gift I think you totally have. So yeah, just, I could, yeah. But what were you going to say? Cause I just didn't... I
1: was going to say that middle school, um, middle school is hard as it is. She's in sixth grade now. Um, but this is a whole other layer of it that I didn't anticipate, like a whole other layer of worry, right? Is mm-hmm. now she's at friends' houses and she wants to spend more time, you know, with friends and at their houses, and and that's already an exercise in letting go. But then also, the worry about her T1D management, and I'm so thankful for technology. We're able to, you know, we have all these apps. We're able to see um, DJ's numbers, you know, from afar, and we can keep an eye on things. But, you know, that's a whole other level of of letting go. And letting go was already gonna be really, really hard for me. I'm a tiny bit of a helicopter mom as it is. Um, But this part of it is, you know, it's hard. And it's, I, I think she, DJ has proven to be incredibly resilient and so, so, so mature, but that makes me mad. I am mad that this is a piece that she has to carry. Mm-hmm. I'm mad that she can't just be a kid who goes to a birthday party and has as much pizza and cake and as she wants without thinking about it. I'm mad that she has to focus on food. I'm mad that she understands you know, the carb count of a piece of pizza and how it affects her body. And I'm like... You know all of these things that she'll have to carry for the rest of her life. I think that's sort of the place that I'm at now. Is just I'm just pissed. I'm just pissed mm-hmm. that she has this weight, and I'm pissed that at some point in her life she won't need us to carry it with her anymore. Um, and that uh, that breaks me that someday she'll be out of our house and this will be all hers. Um, and I know, I know that when we get there, it's going to feel right and it's going to feel okay. But um, it's impossible to think ahead and think of her being out in the world, making 72 choices every day on her own. So um, Ugh. That's, that's the hard part you know?
0: Yeah. That's pretty shitty. I mean, yeah, it's it is for you for like acknowledging that, you know, and I mean, essentially that's grief.
1: Yes. Yeah. That, and I've taught my therapist and I have worked a lot through that, that she, um, was able to help me identify like being in the mourning process and mm-hmm. mourning, just mourning a carefree life for my child. Mm-hmm she'll never have a carefree life ever, not a single day Mm. anymore. And, um, and that pisses me off. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, um, one of the things they told us over and over and over in the hospital was, um, you know, kid first, diabetes, second kid, first, diabetes, second, you don't ever want them to feel as though their identity is, you know, they are not a diabetic. They're Mm -hmm. somebody who has type one diabetes. And as much as we try to live like that, I think I still haven't fully understood what it means to live that way, Um, you know? And so to us, I think the compromise has been, we very, very, very rarely say no to things, you know, it's like, you know, can we go to Dutch bros or can we, you know, um, we very rarely will say no to stuff like that. We'll very rarely, you know, you know, it's not, we're we're not, well, last night I dropped her off at a party and I said, can you just be smart and not have like five sodas? Because I want you to feel good and enjoy yourself. So it's not about, you know, what, what you're eating, like eat what you want, but just like, think about how you're going to feel and, um, But I don't know what it means to just like let it go. I mean, you can't let it go. So I don't. So I appreciated that perspective, but I haven't figured it out quite yet.
0: (laughs) Well, and we can all probably relate to that on some level. I mean, yeah, it's raising kids, you know, making this, making choices with other things too, but this is riskier. Yes. You know, this is riskier. Quite yes. a bit riskier. Yes. yes I know. <laughs> and it's interesting you brought up identity because you know she's finding this out. I'm so glad she was able to find out at like home, you know, yes. during homeschooling, yes. you know, not having to be at school dealing with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um and then but this is a time of identity. Yes. And so hi, it's like it's hard to watch. You know, so I mean, okay. So Gina, you are a para educator, yeah, correct? I'm a para okay. educator, yeah. You're a para educator. You work with kids. Um, you've taught kids. you're your kids. You're all kids. Um, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> I'm dripping with kids
0: <laughs> and farm. You're farm girl. She's got. Y'all, she has so many animals. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's
1: oh my so gosh! Ridiculous. Which I think is
0: amazing. Like oh. that's obviously brought a lot of good therapy. It for better, for worse. For better, for worse. Yeah, it's like you end up getting what? Like it's like guinea pigs <laughs> that you dress up or something. Is that right? Oh my god! That's hilarious. Oh um, yes. But yeah, so like, I don't really know where I was going with that. I, I don't really know. Gina, you got to help me here. Oh, I know. Yeah. So like you are very good at dealing with the kid factor, like how to pour into your kids. Yeah. That kind of thing. What are some things about identity Mm. that you could say to us just with anything pouring into a middle schooler or what you've noticed with middle school or just the identity component? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been forced with more of that just because of the diagnosis and stuff. So what have you noticed about this process with identity and stuff? Yeah. Just um, as a parent, I mean, I know that this is DJ's story and everything like that, but just as yeah. the parent perspective.
1: Yeah. I think, gosh, um, this is another conversation that I just feel so passionate about mm-hmm. in this particular time along our journey um, because, DJ, I don't even know how to describe. I want to say she stands out as different, but I hate that word different. You know, she's, um, you know, she's got her, you know, magenta dyed hair and Mm -hmm. um, she's got a style that's sort of all her own. Plus she is an observer and she's an introvert by nature. And so She's not somebody who's ever been in the middle of the crowd. And she um she doesn't she doesn't want a lot of attention. Um, but she's also unwilling to go along with the crowd. She's unwilling to, I think, sacrifice who she is just so that she can fit in. Mm-hmm. Um and In all honesty, I feel like she has navigated the T1D component of her identity beautifully. She doesn't hide it. She will wear short sleeves to school and she has her... CGM, her continuous glucose monitor on on her arm. She has her pump on her arm. She doesn't try to hide it. She's really generous when people ask questions about it, and and they have. They're, you know what what is that? Um, what do you have? Um, there was a boy in her class that just said, "Do you have type one diabetes? My brother does." And so, you know, that was a good connection. I think it's so interesting her fellow students seem to be less interested in um, you know, the hardware that she wears uh, that makes her a little bit different. And they're more interested in um, what she looks like and who she hangs out with. And um, it, she's really struggled this year. And so to answer your question, I, I think the thing that both she, both myself and my husband pour into her is just, you know, I'm sorry, my neighbors are blasting music right now. And it just totally, I'm like, really right now, um, getting stuff done, getting stuff done. Um, you know, I think we, we talk with her a lot about, you know, we bring, we bring her friendships into focus and like, You know, how does that make you feel when they do that? You know, and here's this person who's supposed to be her really good friend, right? And how does that make you feel? And we just really, I think it goes back to everything that we've taught her with anxiety and mental health is like, let's pay attention to how this makes you feel. How, you know, and let that be the guide. Like, okay, that doesn't make you feel really good. Well, maybe those aren't the people that you want to be spending most of your time with. Oh, these people make you feel good and loved and accepted take note of that, you know, those are the people that you want to be around. And, um, you know, just a lot of like, let's dig deep and like, oh gosh, you know, I think getting really curious, it's really hard as parents to not want to fix it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's just an inherent part of being a parent, but we've tried really, really hard to stay curious, you know, and ask questions of like, gosh, that sounds rough. Tell me more about that, you know, and being okay with not fixing it. And I think in a lot of ways, T1D prepared us for exactly where we are with middle school right now. And we can't fix it. Yeah. Oh God. We can't fix it. We can't take it away. We can't make it better all we can do is come alongside her and walk through it with her. And if that is not the perfect metaphor for the middle school journey, when you're a little bit on the fringe, you know, I don't know what it is. So, um, just loving her, making sure that she always knows she's safe here, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but just remaining curious and, you know, it's so hard. Like when she, has diabetes burnout, which is a thing. Um,
0: like tired of dealing with it.
1: Yeah. Tired of dealing with it. Just being over it. Um, all we can do is just be curious, like, because I will never understand. That's the other part that as a parent is so heartbreaking. I will never understand what her burden feels like to her, Mm. you know? And so all we can do is just be curious. Like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I'm so mad that this is a part of your life. Tell me about it. What does it feel like, you know? Um, And the same thing when she comes home from a really crappy day at middle school, like, God, that sounds awful. Tell me about that. And I feel like that's the best we can do, you know, when we can't make it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: we definitely have that same stuff in middle school for sure. Even in high school. I mean, I don't know, like walking into it, you don't really know where it's gonna hit, yeah. You know, yeah. and so you think you're cruising along, and all of a sudden it's like, bam! <laughs> you know, you're like, wow. And then, I mean, how do you take care of yourself? Because that's oh the my thing. Gosh. it's like it's it's like you feel you you're you're pouring into them, one mm-hmm. okay, and you also are like, wow, I can't really take it away, so you feel bad because it's like really you're training yourself to walk alongside them because you know they need to learn but it's (laughs) super painful to watch and that's exhausting yes so what do you do for gina you know like i mean and i'm not self-care i just those two words no i mean we gotta we gotta like no 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 no, no. yeah
1: don't you feel i've i've (laughs) last couple of days i've come to this analogy that like okay i feel like I'm a, like I'm a sponge, right. In these past two plus years of Mm COVID-ness, like you're the sponge and you're absorbing everybody's feels and everybody's words and everybody's experience and everybody's touching and everybody's needs and everybody's like, you're at the point, like you're just saturated. You're just Mm -hmm. saturated. And that's how I feel like it's really hard because even there are so many precious moments still happening, but I feel so oversaturated from the past few years that like, I can't even take them in anymore. Like it's all, it's like literally pouring out. Like I can't even take in the good stuff anymore. Cause I'm just oh. filled.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Gina. I feel the same way. Yes, Yeah. And, and you and I are really different. You're an introvert. Yeah, totally. I'm an extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. But I was actually talking to a friend and I was saying like, I just don't really care. For me, it hits me like, I just don't really care anymore. Yes. And I'm like, what's, is this a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I don't know. It's and and my friend was like, you know, people do do a lot less now. Like you do realize that people are going out as much still, like it's not, you know, there's this like change, you know, and I don't know if everybody acknowledges that, but I certainly feel like, you know, I'm not who I used to be.
1: Yeah. And it's scary. It's like, it kind of is. I'm so glad you're saying this. Yes, I was talking to my coworker last week and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think it's depression. I don't think she's like, oh my God, me too. And it's just like this sense of apathy has just like washed over us. It's just like, eh, eh, you know, and I, and I, it's so I, it's so weird to like. Yeah, and what is that? Yeah, and that's where I've, I have come up with this like analogy of just being overly saturated. Like you're just as moms, and I'm not discounting any of the co parents out there. I'm not discounting like, and I know you've had podcasts about this and you've had posts about this about the ways that we have just become the compass for the family in Mm -hmm. this COVID time, right? Mm -hmm. We have taken on the homeschooling. Mm -hmm. We have taken on the, all of that. And it's like, I feel like now that we're kind of coming out of it, it's like impossible to absorb any more things, even if it's good, even if it's, precious memories and exciting things and happiness and joy. It's like, eh, nothing else can go in. So like, Mm -hmm. how do we ring out? I don't even know. I don't know how we ring out.
0: (laughs) I don't either. I mean, one thing that stuck out with what you were saying was um, when you were talking about the type one diabetes and how it brought your family closer or just holding on to those moments where you felt like a joy. And I, and I think, one thing that I've kind of thought about through COVID and stuff like that, and just joy in general, because yeah. we know that happy is, you know, n- n- tricky. Yeah. So, <laughs> it can deceive you um, that, that joy oftentimes comes with hardship with it. So it's like, yeah. you always kind of have this constant, something you're struggling with
1: Yes. You know, and
0: so it does magnify that joy of just like, I don't want it to be this way, but I'm accepting it this way. Yeah. And that's about as far as I've got.
1: Yeah. So are you finding, are you still able to experience joy at, at the level that you had maybe two years ago, or does it feel like it's a little bit more smoothed over?
0: Oh, I think smoothed over.
1: Yeah. That's how I'm feeling too. Like, it's yeah. Like-, like, I mean, I, I,
0: I can see it. Yes. I can see it. Yep. You know, I but can. yeah, I can see it, but life is going very quickly.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Too quickly. Yes. Yes. And, and it's brought to the, and it's also brought to the surface. This is that America, United States of America has it wrong. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have it wrong. Yes. Okay. And you look Let's at your pe- pelt the ways. Yeah. I mean, look at Germany, how they live. Yeah. We are, we have screwed ourselves up, <laughs> you know? And then, and then, have you ever seen the documentary Happy? No. That was such a great documentary because it, ex- write it down. yeah, write that down. It's, you guys should listen to it or watch it. I mean, um, it really shows what brings true happiness to people. Yes. And obviously joy, like true joy is basically right. what I'm saying. But people, I mean, I I, I want to say in Japan, Korea, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know, no, but okay. uh, that, you know, they literally work themselves to death. Yes. Like to death, like yes. actual death. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the people that, are happy that are just really finding joy, like live a very simple life, mm-hmm. and you know live within their means. Yes, you know. I mean, there's just this thing, and and you take the breaks. Yes, in Germany, in Ger- like I, I there's a uh, a meme that it was like I don't it was like in America. Uh, oh, I had to. I had a a kidney replacement, blah blah blah. I'll I'll be back at work on Monday, like yes. right. Yes. And then, jury, yes. it's like, uh, I'm gonna go. I, my phone is not available. I'll be gone for two months, and then I'll be back. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. I have no idea what that could look like.
1: My right? husband. My husband also through COVID had to have back surgery.
0: Oh, right. I remember that. I think we were talking at that time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Same thing. He never even told work he was having surgery because he was just like, oh, well, as soon as I'm out of surgery, I'll just get online. I'm just going to roll off the table,
0: (laughs) take a phone call
1: oh my gosh, no, like this is why we left the like Silicon Valley, California seven years ago. And, but it's so ingrained in, mm-hmm. Culture. in who we are and the productivity and the, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I've been like reading so much about that and just listening to di- like Brene Brown and just different stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, stop. But so much of our identity is wrapped up in what we can accomplish, what we have accomplished, what we, you know, I'm only lovable and valuable if I'm performing. And I'm like, for what? What's For
0: what? Exactly. What is the end game? And I say this because I'm a realist. Yeah. We're all going to die. Yeah. (laughs) What are we taking with us? Like, I mean, it's really weird because it's like, I think I used to think it was like, I'm exhausted with the teenage years. Yeah, you know, like it's like oh, it just feels like so much, and it is a lot. Like taking on the high school, uh, like oh, he's pushing away, or this or that, or like just embracing what is what's like we're hitting what we're getting hit with, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it's like I look around and I'm like, but why? Like I just don't really like I like nothing motivates me. Nothing. Why oh, I'm like, it's like I look around, I like things. Like even things that used to bring me joy. Yes. Like my yard. Like I love working in the yard, but then like, it's been really nice the past one day. And and you know, if it's nice for a day, you're out there doing shit.
1: right? It's so, I just was like, you know what? It kind of looks pretty messy. I don't really care. Like really? I had the same, I was drinking my first cup of coffee at the table this morning and looking out. At our backyard. And I'm like, normally by this time, the cherry tomatoes would be planted. And I've done. In fact, right now, our our vegetable bed is turned over and there's oil spilling out of it. I I mean, it's like (laughs) that sucks. Well, I know I wonder who's going to clean that
0: up <laughs> exactly it's like my sister and I we went. And got she would really wanted plants and stuff and so we went to ace and there was like these uh heart plants that I was like yeah. oh I really like that like I love plants but yeah. um so I got it and then I was just like Tosh, I don't even really know. I'm gonna plant this. Like, it's just gonna sit here. And then I went to go get her some pots because I was like, "Oh, I have some pots, you know, whatever." And I started looking at all my stuff that I would be like, organized. And, like, it's just, it is, it's spilling out everywhere. It's just yeah. like, and I'm
1: like, "Where's Tiff? Yeah, where is I she?" Don't. Well, and that's what I think that we have honestly. And I hate to keep, I don't want to be one of those people that blames everything on COVID. I'm trying to get out of that mindset, but why? Also, it's been a really real part of our lives because Mm -hmm. it wasn't just COVID. It was all the shit that was happening plus COVID. It Mm was a T1D diagnosis. It was my husband's back surgery. It was this, it was that. For other people, it was covid and a divorce, it was COVID and a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. it was COVID and, and we were isolated. And at the same time, we were responsible for trying to make freaking magic for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've talked so much with my therapist about why did I assume the role of trying to make magic out of the shit? And it's Mm -hmm. because I just didn't want their experience to be negative and to put them in a place two and a half years later where they're feeling apathetic. But, but then at what cost has that been too? Cause now I'm just like, I am hecka burned out and y'all are on your own. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, Oh, this is such a good conversation. I feel very validated because I couldn't really put to words like the feeling of it, but yeah. Uh, And I think to myself, it's like, was I really that different than I normally would have been like, as far as actions wise, like, but there were layers, layers upon layers, upon layers, upon layers. And I remember like when we were talking at the very beginning, it was like, we were exhausted. We were exhausted then. Yes. Like just getting to the point where it was like, okay, it was basically March. And then all of a sudden our, you know, your, their elementary cut off. And then you're trying to keep things normal. Yes. There is no normal.
1: There was was no normal. Like buffer them from the fear because we Mm. all inherently know like something is not right. Mm -hmm. And this is potentially very scary, Mm -hmm. but you're like, Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. We're going to, we're going to read on the lawn and we're going to, you know, like
0: (laughs) draw chalk pictures and post them on Pinterest and everybody's going to copy it. We're all going to take pictures and just, smile yeah yeah we're gonna paint rocks and we're gonna yeah and then we're gonna go to bed and cry and eat chocolate (laughs) at the end of the day (laughs) because it's like oh but we're gonna get up the next day we're gonna do it again and do do it again
1: (laughs) and then we're gonna teach school too yeah yeah Yeah. it's It's like so good because if there are any, um, reminders of how, um, for me, like all of the ways I'm falling short, that was just like a huge, like spotlight, like mm-hmm. we're going to be together at all the time yeah. and yeah. you're going to have to do math. <laughs> yeah. My poor
0: child <laughs> that it was like, I ended up taking Ruthie totally out, uh, for like five months during no, that process. the process. We did the, did we talk about uh, that. The, oh, good, what, good the good, good and the beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did that too. Um, We did that with uh, Tobin, but then Ruthie, it was like it got to a point where we just needed to take her out of everything. Yeah, like we didn't yep. do and just work on things. And but I did have her do math, and and she's actually really kind of excelling in math, kind of a little bit. Like she's, uh, she gets it huh? right. Like that's are her. Like are you
1: back? Are you putting okay, back? Right yeah.
0: now? <laughs> and I was like, I go, I go. Well. That's because I was a part of that, right? And she goes, obviously. Mom, obviously. And she's like, Mom, you're just handing me stuff, and I had to learn it on my own. I was like, Exactly. And you can thank me. Okay.
1: You're welcome. Hashtag uh, you're welcome. Hashtag- <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
0: I can do sixth grade math.
1: Holy oh my cow.
0: Gosh. Um, my well, Yeah.
1: You were a cut above me on that one. Oh, Uh, I think I don't have to ask Dad. (laughs) It's a blur. It's a blur. Yeah, it is. It's
0: a blur for sure. It is.
1: And here we are, and now we're trying to figure out how to get our groove back, right? And it's like Mm -hmm. I just don't even know where to start, but but I want to start. So that has to Mm -hmm. that has to count for something. Like I want I want to feel like me again, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like that's good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and it's like in having the patience and so I mean if you're listening right now I hope that you feel validated and just knowing that if you know you're a husband listening or um, whoever just encouraging someone around you uh, just from talking you say you've talked to people I've talked to a few people too about it and not maybe putting words to what this is going on but you know it's an opportunity for a clean slate And God's grace, thank goodness for that. And he's not sitting around thinking, oh, you should be doing this. Oh, you should be doing that. It's just, this is the process, Yeah, you know, and you're going to go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere, but is going somewhere always doing something? Is it? No, it's, I just don't think it is. Mm -hmm. I don't either. And we don't know how to not do that.
1: No, we don't. And we feel invaluable or no, not invaluable. We feel unproductive. Yeah. And, and that makes us feel like, what is our, are, are we valuable?
0: Yeah. What is our, 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 is our worth based on productivity yes.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. or the fact that what we do for our kids to bring them immense amount of joy? Because as far as, as far as that goes, it's, it's not, I mean, yeah. that's not, we're, we're obviously seeing the struggle and, mm-hmm. you know, so anyway, uh, yeah. Gina, it's just, Thank you for coming on here. Do you Thank have any you know, last words before we close this combo?
1: Um, so silly and out? so basic. I was walking my dog this morning and somebody had a yard sign, you know, that we've all seen of, you know, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And mm-hmm. I just, I've been thinking so much about kindness. And I've just been thinking a lot about the fact that it is something that has to be nurtured. It just has to be. And, um, and I think that we can all just use more of that. Like, I mean, through DJ's diagnosis and her first journey, it was the kindness of other people that, that that carried us through that. It was the T1D community just scooping us up and saying, you know, you've got this. And, oh, you ran out of supplies? Come to my house. I'll get it for you. And, oh, does your daughter need someone to talk to? And, oh, like, we were carried by kindness. And I think about, you know, the moments where DJ has begged us not to make her go to middle school anymore. And it has been the kindness of teachers, you know, who have scooped her up and showed her support and, um, you know, kindness of people who have said, I know middle school is hard. You're going to make it like, it's just so, so basic and yet it feels like everything and, you know, that, that old saying of like, you know, smile at everybody. You just, you don't know what somebody else is going through. And I mean, our conversation is evidence of that. Like we just, we don't know what anybody else is going through until somebody is courageous enough to be vulnerable about it. So just like freaking be kind and please for the love of God, teach your children to be kind.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's it. It's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, my favorite water bottle from oh. my friends. Oh, wait, company. let me
0: take it. Let me take a picture of it. Yeah. Hold on. What does it say? Oh. I will
1: raise my kids to love your kids. Ah, okay. Here wait. we go. Everybody go to is my shameless. There. Wait, I will raise. Okay. okay. There it is. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, shameless plug, go to little My friend, Lauren Emmett, um, has started a company that's just all about inclusion and kindness and, um, and can we please just do that? Well, I'll <laughs> that, have to reach those out Those are to my her. parting wanna, words. Yeah. I want to get that. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I just thank you for sharing your vulnerabilities and stuff. And that's, I have huge respect for you. And um, just thank with friend. the way you show up with kids and the way you accept others and yourself and it's a breath of fresh air so and the fact that we don't really get to talk on a regular basis but I feel like I mean we've actually Gina have we we've actually only seen each other in person like twice
1: remember that one time at Ross yeah you were you were in line right. and I was like, yeah hi 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 I'm like fangirling you like I've seen you online <laughs>
0: And it's like, what do we say to each other? I know, because we're in real life, IRL, IRL.
1: Um, I'll text you when I get in the car. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Because you know we were masked up, and it was like, we're not supposed to see people in public. No, we are. Oh man, I can't even. I can't even describe the adjustment of post mask
1: awful. Oh, as an extrovert, everything has probably been awful.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, Gina.
1: I know. Well, maybe We're, now we'll see each other at middle school. Yeah. You sub there and mm-hmm. I'm there and yeah, we can I just, we see their face for sure. All right, y'all. Okay.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure I will put some websites of what her, your book too. That's might as oh, well just yeah. put that out there. Katie, not afraidy. That's a great book. I have it. Um, you also yeah. put up
1: the um, inclusion JD, thing um, that one and then JDRF. Okay. Um, is um really like the the largest um type one diabetes foundation. Okay. And it has so much fantastic information and it also has um it has a link to that test I was talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Do you want to send me that website? Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. All right. You guys okay. have a
0: great week and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Hi, thank you. Yes.